coming to you with words and teaching that will change your life forever. All things that you will ever need in your life, they're wrapped up in the Word. Go for the Word. You need to understand these things. And when you get a hold of it, keep saying it. Don't stop talking it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. The Bible says in the city of Ephesus, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Can you shout amen? That's the cause that I must follow. In the name of Jesus, prosperity is mine. In the name of Jesus, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Pastor Chris, we're hearing. Hallelujah. We can have a lot to do in determining what a year will bring forth for us. And it is true. We may not determine the exact activities other actions or reactions of other people what we show enough can determine the final resource we can choose to win no matter what happens And that's what the Word of God shows us. Incidentally, there are too many people who don't recognize that. They don't realize it. They don't know how important they are in the scheme of things. They don't know how. How God sees them to be so vitally important In their destiny. Understand this. A man may never become what God chose him to be. Never forget that. Somebody said, well, if God planned it for me, it's going to (laughs) happen. No, it's not going to happen just because God planned it for you. I can give you several scriptures. It's not going to happen because God planned it. You are a free moral agent. You have a right to decide, a right to choose, a right to become what you choose to be. You're a free moral agent. You don't have to be what God wants you to be. You didn't know that? Just because God has chosen you for something, doesn't mean you'll become that thing. It doesn't mean it's going to happen because you prayed about it. Somebody said, I prayed about it, so I expected it. No. Just because you prayed wouldn't change it. 
God has shown us in His Word how to change the circumstances of our existence. He has shown us. There are things we must do. Hallelujah. So, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what your life is like. Remember, it's not, it's not the way it is all because God said so. God made it so. No, you are the architect of your present condition. You say, hey, come on here. It's a fact. You are the architect of your present condition. The word architect means master builder. That's what it means. Master builder. It means designer. Master builder. That's you. For your life. Well, I don't know why I'm going through all this. Well, you don't know? As we share the word of God, you'll soon find out. Hallelujah. Oh, you can be as prosperous as you choose to be. You can be as happy and joyful and as fulfilled as you want to be. It doesn't depend on somebody else. Some people expect their husbands to make them happy. Some people expect their wives to make them happy. Some expect their children to make them happy. No. Happiness, fulfillment, joy, all of that depends absolutely on you. Hello? Your health depends on you. He said, I, I don't know how I got infected. Well, it depends on you. doesn't matter what you were infected with. It depends on you. Now, you may not be responsible for how you got to where you are. But you become responsible for staying there. I don't know whether or not you got me. Every adult here is responsible for what he or she looks like. It's not your father's response. It's not because of your mother or your father. Your face is your responsibility. <laughs> Believe me. It's very rare to see a child and say, ah, that woman gave birth to an ugly baby. It's very rare. Am I right? And beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. It's true. So, everybody was born fine. I know some of you don't agree with that. But here's the fact. 
as an adult, you're responsible for your life. This is the truth. doesn't matter how you got there. But staying there belongs to you. And you know what? That's good news. For some people, they think, hey, they're trying to blame us for everything. No, nobody's trying to blame you for your condition. I know it's easier to say, well, I lost my job because of so-and-so. I, I, I didn't do well in the exam because of that other fellow. Well, this happened to me because of this. My house got burned because of this. doesn't matter what happened. Where'd you go from there? What choices would you make? Under the circumstances. To have a catalog of excuses? Is that what you're going to do? Are you going to be distributing excuses? In life? Some people have a a briefcase of excuses. (laughs) Everywhere they go, they open it and then they say, You see, I would have been this, I would have been this, but look what happened. They just keep explaining and explaining, explaining all their uh, misfortune. No. No. Don't keep a library of your disappointments. Don't do that. Make a decision. I decided when I was still a kid, I decided to live a happy, prosperous, joyful, and exceptional life. I chose to. It's a choice you make. You can't spoil my day. Nothing spoils my day. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I take charge of my day. You have to understand that you are absolutely responsible. Listen, the Bible says the heavens belong to God and the earth He has given to the children of men. He is not running things in the world. You are. That's why things are in a mess. If God were running things, everything would be beautiful. The Bible tells us after He created all things that He created, He saw that it was very good. That's what the Bible says. Very good. But it doesn't look like that now. Why? Because after it was very good, He said, All right, Adam, have dominion. It's all yours. And God stepped out of the scene. And left Adam to run things. You still there? So, God's not the one running things. Say this to me. I've made the choice. Now, I know I'm making you say something you probably haven't decided, but... (laughs) I know if I make you say it, you'll be awakened to it. I've made the choice to be successful, victorious, happy, and prosperous. It's a choice. There are those who have chosen to be critics of successful people. 
That's another kind of life. It's a terrible kind of life. They're suffering too bad. Everything. The neighbor just bought a car. Mm, stealing money. <laughs> See, they, they look terrible. They're always... <laughs> the neighbor's children just came from school. They're looking nice. They greet him happily. Hello, sir. Good morning, sir. Good morning. <laughs> you look at them and say, thief. Very unhappy person. He watches television and is angry throughout. Everybody that speaks, see this one. See this one. He's unhappy with everybody. What a life. He doesn't like it when others are happy. You laugh around him. Mm -hmm. Why are you like this? Cheer up! Happiness is a choice. No one else is responsible for it. You're responsible. Make a choice to be happy. You see, if you're not happy, you can never make somebody else happy. If you're not successful, you can never help someone else become successful. If you're not prosperous, you can never make someone else prosperous. But true life is helping somebody else live. Oh, I don't know if you got that line. Success is helping produce other successes. Success means that you help someone else become successful. Fulfillment means that you help others fulfill their dreams. What a life that is. What a life. I'm not talking about the guy who, who you know, he's, he's complaining, I train my uncle's children, oh, my auntie's children, I train them, oh, my grandchildren, my grandfather's children, I train them, oh, my cousin's children, I train them. I'm tired of, I'm, I'm carrying everybody's load. <laughs> you are suffering for nothing then. That's not the guy I'm talking about. You're suffering for nothing. There's some wives complain. My husband is responsible for all the family. We are really going through something. <laughs> I just pray that he does not die. Because if he should die, <laughs> the whole family will just die with him. <laughs> no! A thousand times no! When you do that, you are not making other people successful. You are laboring for nothing. To be successful and to make other people successful, you must be happy and fulfilled with what you do. If you pay for someone's school fees or pay someone's school fees, do it with excitement. Yeah. 
and tell him why he must go to school. Do it happily. Don't come back complaining, I don't understand what is going on. I'm responsible for everything. The other one came for rent. The other one came for health. I am buying this. This one says he needs a new business. I don't know what to do. No! 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 Be glad. You say, Father, thank you that they find me. To be somebody who can help. You don't have to do what you cannot do. You see that? Do what you can at a particular point in time. If it's three people you can help well, do it. As you do that joyfully, you'll be able to help six soon. Soon you'll be able to help fifteen. Now if you can help only fifteen, and you got three others coming, you say, well, um, I can do that now. Give me another time. I can help you in about another year. You get it? Learn to say no. No is not a bad answer. No is a good answer when it is necessary. I need house rent. For what? I just found a house at Lekki. You made the choice. Why should I pay for your choice? If you want me to pay, then let's talk. We can make the decision together. I want to go to London. I need tickets. <laughs> you see, paying for other people's dreams is not what I'm talking about. You have to get involved in the dreams. That's the way to really help. Uncle, I need a car now. I need a car. It's a car I really need now. What kind of car? Brand new Mercedes. (laughs) Uncle says, if I buy the car for you, if something happens to the tire, can you replace it? Uncle, I come back to you. (laughs) Uncle, you say what? You don't need that car. You need a job. Hello. Turn to somebody and say, you can be happy. Turn to the other person and say, you can be happy. Turn around and say, somebody, you can be happy. Yeah. Let me share this with you. This is so beautiful. In Jeremiah chapter 33, Jeremiah chapter 33, Remember, we're talking fight the good fight, alright? You gotta fight, fight, fight your way into that arena of happiness and fulfillment and joy, glory to God, and success. Wow! Jeremiah 33. I want you to see a simple verse. That most of you know. Can you read verse 3 to me? Verse 3. Read it to me. Want to go. You like that? Look at it. God is talking. He says, call unto me and I will answer thee. 
Notice, he says, call and I will answer. He has promised to answer. He says, call unto me and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. This is remarkable. He says, great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Call unto me and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Now, the word mighty is not properly properly translated. The word mighty. It comes from the Hebrew word basar. Alright? Now, basar means inaccessible, defensed, Fenced in hidden things. I don't know whether you got that. I don't know whether you got that. He says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and bizarre things. What you have there is mighty things, but it's not rightly rendered. But sir, which is called mighty there, means inaccessible, defensed, fortified, fenced in, are you getting that? Hidden things which you do not know. Now, what does, what does this mean for us? God says, I will show you great and inaccessible things. Things that others cannot reach. Things that are hidden. They are fenced in. Fortified. And they are defensed. You know what that means? Meaning, those things are kept away from others. They are not allowed to reach them. Then he says, they are hidden, but they are great. He says they are great and fenced. Great and inaccessible. The word great is also used for mighty. It means high things. It means glorious things. But they are inaccessible. They are hidden. They are fenced. Then he says, I will show them to you. He says, you don't know them. He says, you call and I will show them to you. Now, when he shows them to you, he gives you the edge over others. That's what he meant. He, you remember he said, in the last day, he said, God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, meaning speaking words of power. He says, the old men shall dream dreams and the young men shall see what? Visions. Meaning that God is going to open your eyes to see things. You see the future. You see into secret places. As you pray, you see visions. You see the kind of business you're going to do. You see an answer. What others don't know. They're spending so much money to produce those things. God will show you a cheap and easy way to create it. 
He says, call unto me. I will answer you. I will show you great and inaccessible things. He says, others cannot get there. But I'll show them to you. Giving you the advantage. Come on, that's an invitation. Now, what's the requirement? He says, call. Call. He that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, find. To him that knocketh. He says, call. Call. Where is that direction you want to go? Call. He says, I'll open up new treasures. I'll show you opportunities that others don't know about. You'll never be poor in your life. Never. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's why I'm sharing these things with you. Doesn't matter where you have been. When you take these messages and act on them, give yourself a few months. Give yourself a few years. You cannot be the same. Somebody says, I have an idea. No, no, hold on. I said, somebody says, I have an idea. But I just need the finances. Listen. Every problem comes with the seed of its own solution. Never forget that. It means that the idea has the money in itself. It has it. You just haven't listened enough. You need to listen some more. Because with that idea, God also shows you how to get it. He forms his ideas. He forms his dreams. But if you don't know that, soon as you get the idea, you carry it and say, Well, I have this beautiful idea, but I need money, I need help, I don't know where to go. You carry your idea until all those you have gone to have stolen your idea. And then they produce it, and you are there. Father, thank you. Give me this idea. How do I get the money? I'm grateful because you have it and I know you have it. You see, you thank him for it. Become excited about it. Now, but you know, for some people, when God gives them an idea, it becomes a burden. Now, every day, I don't understand. Somebody says he wants to open a shop. If I open that shop, this whole street is only my shop that will come. But no money to open the shop. You start telling everybody what you want to sell. You tell everybody what you want to do. And they're all listening to you. They know you don't have the money, so they don't care. Until your dream is gone. You see everybody here starting it, and you left out. 
you become bitter, angry. See, that person stole my idea. I won't tell anybody anything anymore. I won't tell anybody. No! Your problem was, you did not have faith. But you thought you did. What is faith? Faith is calling done what you are yet to do. Faith is living in the reality of what you have seen. You saw the picture. You saw it. You saw it. That's hope. Faith means you are walking in it. You're acting like it. You remember that lady who gave a testimony here? She hadn't had a child for about 13 years. Okay? She had one, and after that first one, she didn't have any other child. And then she came in here, she had wanted prayer, but then she heard the word of faith. And when she heard it, she said, I've gotten my miracle. She went back home, she said, she began to practice what I shared here in church. She said, I began to act like a pregnant woman. She said, I knew because I've been pregnant before. I knew what it felt like. So I began to act like it. I began to move like it. I began to say, I'm pregnant. The husband wondered, what are you doing? She said, because I'm pregnant. She hadn't been pregnant 13 years. She said every day she said the same thing. Every day she acted the same way. She walked like a pregnant woman. She talked like one. A few months later, she felt some pains in her stomach. She went for a test. It was positive for pregnancy. She came here with her baby. Faith works. I said, talk like it. Act like it. They may call you a fool for a while. Not after it starts working. Not after you say, come see the building. Come on, somebody. When I was a student in school, listen, I tell you some of these stories so you can understand. I was a student. I believe this was somewhere in my third year. I was telling some folks, I would say, we're going to have two kinds of television programs. One will be a teaching program. One would be a healing program. I was a student in school. I didn't, I didn't know how much I needed to pay. I think about that. I said the television programs go around the world. I was talking like that. I told them the things we were going to do. But I was going to class, going for lecture like everybody else. I sounded like I didn't know what I was saying. But I knew. But it's there, you know. Are you still there? One day I said, in the name of Jesus, we're going to have the largest programs in this nation. I said so. I said, we'll hold the largest programs in this nation. In the mighty name of Jesus. I said, because 
The message requires it. But we're doing it. But I didn't, I didn't remember it would cost money. What do I mean by I didn't remember? I'm not telling you it was a mistake. I'm trying to tell you I didn't consider the money. Think that way. God's looking for somebody who's big enough to accept the idea. Are you big enough in your mind? He says, the silver and the gold belong to me. I can gather the money and bring it to you. The problem is not the money. The problem is first from your mind. Can you see it? Can you accept it? Can you have the humility to handle it? Can you walk in the light of it? Can you? Do you have the discipline to run with it? That's what God's looking for. That's what God's looking for. You have the decency to handle it. God's looking for people who know how to make others happy. I'm not talking about comedians. Otherwise your life would be a comedy. I'm not against comedians, I hope you understand. But that's not making people happy. Making people laugh and making people happy are two different things. Comedians make you laugh. They don't make you happy. They don't make you joyful. They don't make you fulfilled. You can laugh, laugh, laugh. But that's not life. You know that, don't you? Maybe some of you here are professional comedians. I don't know. But that's nice. Good job. Do it well. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, I will show you great and inaccessible things. Hidden things. Fainting things. Glory to God. He says, which thou knowest not. You didn't ask for them. You see that? You didn't say, Father, show me. You didn't ask for them. He said, call and I will answer and show you. He didn't say, call and ask for them. He said, call and I will answer and show you. Because you don't know those things. You don't know what they are. You can say, Father, show me things I don't know. That's not necessary. Just call. What do you mean call? Oh, hallelujah. It's an invitation for visitation. I don't know if you got that. It's an invitation for visitation. He's saying, come and visit me. I'll show you some things. I'll show you some things. Hallelujah. That's why prayer is wonderful. When you pray. Wow. Call and I'll answer you. Somebody says, I've been praying. God has never answered my prayer. You ask some people, has God ever answered your prayer? They think like this. Well, somehow I can say yes. Somehow. So what do you mean somehow I can say yes? Well, because sometimes, you see, when I pray, some things that I ask for, they, come, they, they happen. So I know that God answered them. What about the ones that didn't happen? Mm, I, well, it depends, you know, it depends. <laughs> he that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. To him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Did he say sometimes? No. You see, your own, your own understanding of God's Word, your own theology is your problem. How you have come to understand God 
is your limitation. God doesn't answer all the time. That's what some people say. God doesn't answer all the time. Where did they get that from? That is their understanding. They have chosen to believe that. Some of them say God answers every time. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no. I was like that many years ago. Somewhere in 1980, my friend and I were walking together, talking. We were just discussing nice things about God. Then we shared with each other that some people don't understand. We're kids, you know. Some people don't understand. How many years ago would that be? 1980. 26? All right, 26 years ago. That's right. So, as we were talking, we were telling each other that um, sometimes some people don't know that God answers all the time. Sometimes he says yes and sometimes he says no. We agreed with each other. So, we said, if God doesn't answer, automatically that is no. God, they need to know that God says yes and God says no. We didn't know the scriptures. Shortly after saying that, I came across the scriptures. And my friend did too. And we had to talk about it again. I found out what the Bible says. All the promises of God in Christ are yes. And in Him, amen to the glory of God. Meaning that everything that His word has satisfied, everything that is covered with His promise, the Bible says is yes. His answer is always yes. And amen, meaning so be it. Yes, and let it be. Let it be so. So every time you pray, and your prayer is consistent with His words, what does it say? Yes, yes, yes. Whether you heard it, or you didn't hear it, the answer is yes. Now you can understand why Jesus took the risk of saying, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name. Mm. Can you imagine that? Whatsoever. Pokataya. Let me show you two examples from the Bible. One from the Old Testament, and then I'll take one from the New. In the Old Testament, the man Isaac was blessing his son. He thought he was blessing Esau. But it was Jacob who deceived his father, who was old and had become dim in his sight. So, Jacob came pretending to be Esau. And his father said, are you sure that you are Esau? He said, yes, father. Then he said, let me touch you. Esau was very hairy. But Jacob was smooth. So his mother made for him uh, a coat of skin. So he could have this animal skin with hair. That shows you how hairy Esau might have been. And so his father said, let me touch you. So he touched his hair. And said, hmm. He said, yes. The hands are indeed the hands of Esau. But the voice is the voice of Jacob. He said, son, are you sure that you are Esau? He said, yes, father. He said, you came back very quickly. He said, today was a good day. I was able to hunt down the animals very quickly. Then his father said, all right. 
Now here are the blessings. And his father poured out the blessings on Jacob. All the blessings he wanted to give Esau, his first son. He gave all to Jacob. And then Jacob got up and walked away. Shortly after he left, Esau came. And said, Father, I'm back. The Bible says his father Isaac trembled greatly. Greatly, the Bible says. Trembled greatly. I want you to see the importance of words. The man knew the importance of his words. He trembled. He said, who are you? He said, Father, I am your son Esau. Then he said, so who was the one who came here and collected all the blessings? Esau said, what? I am your very son Esau. You sent me on an errand and I'm back. Oh, his father realized he had been deceived. He said, son, your brother came here and deceived me. And I gave him all the blessings and I cannot reverse it. He said, and yea, he shall be blessed. He spoke in error. But the words could not be changed. This was a man. Are you listening? Why would the word of God be changed? When Jesus said, ask and receive, that your joy may be full. He put no clauses. Isaac said it cannot be changed. Esau cried and cried and cried. He said, Father, is there no other blessing for me? He said, Son, I have by my word made you his servant. I gave him all things. How? By words. I sent him to prosper. I told him nations shall bow to him. He said, I already said it. It cannot be changed. The Bible says, Esau wept and wept and found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Over in the New Testament, we find a man, a king, his name's Herod. Herod's having a party. And they're dancing. The daughter of Herodias, whom he took from his brother, Philip was dancing. This little girl was dancing and she danced so good. Herod came out, the king. He said, girl, come here. Oh, you made all my guests so happy. Tell me, tell me, what do you want? Up to the half of the kingdom, I'll give it to you. Anything. Anything. She said, hey, Hold on, let me see mommy. She ran to her mother and she said, Mom, what do I ask for? King says, you give me anything up to the half of the kingdom. I can become a princess right now. Herodias was angry with John the Baptist. Because Herodias was Philip's wife. Philip was the brother of Herod. And Herod had taken her 
to be his wife. And John the Baptist had come out preaching and saying to Herod, you've done the wrong thing, how can you take your brother's wife? Woe betide you! And Herodias was always angry about that. This was her opportunity. She said, go to the king and ask him for the head of John the Baptist on a plate. The head of a prophet on a plate? Go and ask for it. The little girl went back to the king and said, yeah, I know what I want. What do you want? I want, um, mommy said, uh, uh, okay, give me the head of John the Baptist, the prophet, on a plate. The king said, what? What? The head of what? I said the head of John the Baptist on the plate. The Bible says the king looked around because of his guests, because of the people who had been listening. He could not change his word. Where the word of a king is, there is power. He could not change it. He could not alter it. He didn't want to kill John the Baptist. The Bible says because he feared that the man was a prophet. But because of his own word, a man, for the life of another, because of political power given to him, Call the soldier. He said, go and get the head of John the Baptist and bring it on the plate. And he went and got John the Baptist. That's how the man died. Such a great man. That's the man that Jesus said, of all men born of women, this is the greatest. He said, John the Baptist was the greatest of all human beings. Did you hear that? This is the way the man died. They took him out, cut his head, and put it on the plate, and brought it back to the palace. And the king handed it over to the daughter of Herodias. Think about it. If a man would not change his words, because he knew the importance of words, Think about Jesus. You think Jesus would have said something he didn't quite mean? Hi, 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 hi. Open your mouth and pray. Why is it that too many Christians have been weak and beggarly because of their ignorance? Why is it that so many of them are living a defeated life? Because they don't know this. 
God is looking for men and women. He's got more than enough ideas. He's looking for somebody who will be ready to birth these ideas. Are you ready to receive from God? Oh, somebody shout hallelujah! Three kinds of knowledge. You've got to have the DVDs or the tapes. Place your own order now. You may have never heard teachings like this in your life. But you see, that's why they're important. So important. You've got to have these teachings. You've got to have these teachings. If you will call today, we can make them available to you. To order for the complete series or any part of these teachings, please call the numbers now showing on your screen or online at www.christembassyonlinestore.org. Now, you know, Jesus gave us the power of attorney to use his name. Now, many of us know that we can use the name of Jesus. We pray in his name. We use his name for so many things. But not many understand the power of that name. Why we should use it. And even how to use it. And have the results that the Word of God promises us. I've taught an important series on the wonderful name of Jesus. And I want you to call today for your DVDs or your tapes or in whatever format you want them. It's so important that you get this teaching. The title is The Wonderful Name of Jesus. And I'm so glad that I've made this available now. You can get it. Call today for yours. This teaching will enlighten you, strengthen you about the name of Jesus. And I tell you, the moment you begin using the name of Jesus in this new light that the Word of God gives us, you'll never be the same again. And you'll live a continuous life of victory and an ending stream of the miraculous and supernatural. That's what the Lord has promised you. You'll have it. Call today and make these DVDs yours. God bless you.